When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton from 105.7 The Point. Our homie uh, and a fellow team member down the hall at 101 ESPN and former Blue, Jamie Rivers, joins us today. Uh, gentlemen, a happy Monday to you. Uh, how are you? Uh, I'm good. How about you, man? I'm fantastic. In a lot of ways, it sucks that the Blues uh, went one and one, and that last night wasn't a um, perfect performance or a Picasso, as I like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really more worried about you today, Donnie. Yeah, I'm worried because you know what? I felt really bad. You're a big Buffalo Bills fan. Yep. And yesterday was a big stage for them. Yep. They march out. They get the field goal. They plow right down, get the touchdown, miss the extra point. I was like, oh, you can't miss the extra point against the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Not that it mattered at the end, but after that, it's kind of like Patrick Mahomes decided to actually buckle up the chin strap and and Travis Kelsey. He decided that he just wanted to be, oh, I don't know, just one step below God and go win that game. But I feel bad for you, but I'm also very happy for you. Yeah, man. Well, see, the thing about about that is, I mean, like, and I hate to use the phrase, it is what it is, but the Chiefs are really good, yeah. And the, and the Bills are not ready, and, and and it was and it was apparent last night. And I'm and you know what, man, and, I, and I'm okay with that. This was the most fun season that I have had watching professional football in my life. So you know what I mean, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. like I I went into that game yesterday as level headed as I've ever been about any sporting event. I was like, you know what, if they win, I'm going to lose my mind. But if they <laughs> lose, it's all right. They're playing a really freaking good team, and I mean the Chiefs just did everything that they needed to do and the Bills didn't. Josh Allen just was off and you know when Devin Singletary dropped the ball out in the flat early on, I was like, "Oh boy, this is this this, this is this is things that we don't normally do that we're doing." And you know when you go with with, with Stephon Diggs, who had only two catches through the first half, I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, all of those things are taking away what we do. But I'll tell you, here is where I get a little childish. So I don't mind. I mean, the Chiefs are the best team to go for sure against Tampa. It's going to be a good game. 
but there are some Chiefs fans that I really like personally don't like, mm-hmm. and so I don't want. I didn't want the Chiefs to win partly because of that, right? <laughs> because yeah. I don't like those douchebags, and I don't want them to be happy. Well, what pisses me off about that? And look, if you're a diehard Chiefs fan for decades and decades, and you go way back, and you maybe you jumped on board when Joe Montana came over. That's fine. You know what? You know, enjoy your moments because this is your time to shine. The ones that get me are the the bandwagoners. You know, oh, now the Chiefs are good. All of a sudden, I care about football. Yeah. Now that the Chiefs are good, all I all of a sudden I care about Patrick Mahomes. And he's, oh my God, I'm a diehard Chiefs fan. No, you're not. Yeah, yeah if the Chiefs lose or Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, all of a sudden they'll be on to the next biggest best thing. So, and those ones there, they annoy me because they seem to be the most vocal. Yeah, like oh, yeah. they just found a team that's good, so it's cool to jump on here in this area to be a Chiefs fan. Go Chiefs, right? And then they're like, "You suck, go Chiefs! You suck! Your team's awful." And you're like, "Okay, name four players." Well, that, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> like the teenager wearing the Nirvana shirt. Give me three songs by them. Oh, oh and that's a happen. is that a quiz? No, that, that, oh, and that's a whole thing with me too. Oh, it is with me too because I have two two teenage daughters, and anytime they wanted to come home with a Sublime shirt, yeah. Nirvana, or something like that, I'm like, before you put that on, give me three songs yeah. by them. Sorry. I I I, just, I I am I am very much like okay with that. But let me let me let me guys guys, I know we're going to talk hockey, and let's do that here in a second. But I just want to. No, I just want to let you know how my without it. This is, the, this is the last minute Bills podcast. Isn't it? <laughs> no, no, no. This 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 same, will, same letter. This yeah. will take us away from from the from the Bills. So this morning, uh, I woke up at about seven fifteen. Uh, by seven thirty, uh, I had this cap that I have on the front of my tooth. It had fallen off, mm. so I had to go to the I dentist later. That. I thought you were going for the Lloyd Christmas. No, nope. so I got that. So then, as I was getting ready to leave today. I closed my foot in the car door, not completely, but enough that it didn't feel great. Oh, no. <laughs> and then, here's the real kicker. Entering right? or exiting the vehicle? Entering. Like, I, like my foot was dragging, like, a little behind, and I was closing the door too fast. I, I, I can't explain it, okay? And then, so then last night, as I'm watching the game, and things aren't going really well, Mary is in the kitchen. She, she, was, she had made dinner, and she made me a lunch for today which is something that she doesn't really do. Normally I do that for myself when I'm making Dex breakfast in the morning or whatever. But she made me a really nice lunch. And I left that son of a oh. bitch on the counter. Oh, no. So, like, not even in the refrigerator. What is it? What is it? It was what was it? It was leftover chicken from last night, and then, like, she had cut up some, some chicken and made me, like, a chicken salad. Oh. And so, like, so, it, you know, man. And, and somebody then, home to at least put it back in the fridge? No. Do you keep your mm. house cold? I mean, not really. You know, See, in mean? my house, I would have a chance. I'd be there for five days without. without <laughs> <rest>. <laughs> and, and then, like, and then to kick this all off, so we have this. We're we're doing a um a special bit of programming next month for the Point for Birth Month, and um, and I I I, I can't name names, but there is just a particular band that has asked something of us that that we can do. But just the fact that they're asking is just such a douchebag maneuver, and I'm so You're, they're up, asking you as the music director right, of the point okay. to, to for for something, and I am so tired of dealing with douchebag bands and band managers who have no sense of reality in 2021. You know, everybody ha- people have it way worse. I understand that it's just a bitch of my job. Sure, yeah, yeah. But the ego part of what I deal with. Sometimes is just real effing tough to take, and sometimes I just wish I could tell these band managers, "Hey, hey, Bubba, 
1995 anymore. Sure. Yeah. All right? You're not running the charts like you once were. And this is also the same band that when we had them at a show and I did a video interview with them, I could only film him on one side. We, I had to sit oh, on one side uh, of him. I know who this is. So, so, that, so that this other side of their face wouldn't show. I, and it's just like. It's not their best side. I guess, you know, but you know. I, I you don't know, understand. You, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know how you have one of those mornings where you're just like, how many times can I get kicked in the nards? Right. I yeah. kind of sort of feel like I'm having one of those days. But as a matter of fact, I'm not in a bad mood or anything. I'm just unfortunately kind of wondering, what's next? Yeah, you're a bit aware of what, yeah, what's going to happen. Yeah. Now, let I me mean, ask you if, this. As a grown man, if you ca- catch your foot in the car door getting in the car, yeah. I mean, your day is going to kind of kind of fall apart after that. <laughs> I mean, you know I don't know that I've ever done that. I've been driving since... speaking, yeah. yes. Thank goodness we're not doing stagecoaches anymore. You could have lost a foot. <laughs> Seriously. But you know, man... Imagine like, if it was a Lamborghini. You lost it at the ankle. <laughs> dude, I just... It, it is just one of those days, man, where like, uh, you know, things aren't coming up all downing. You no, know Donnie, what I'm saying? Would you like us to do you a favor? What? Would you like one of us to just kick you in the nuts right yeah, now and I get mean, it out of the way? Yeah, we could if you want. I don't think so, man. I think it plays nah, on I, radio. or no, no, no. I think it plays. I'm sure it would be good for the podcast. Yeah. I'm just not particularly sure about my testicles. Plus, they're okay. in it. And I, and I, and I, I do want to keep you know everything down there working the way that it's supposed to while I can. You but know what I'm saying? They're in Mary's purse anyway, yeah. right? Aren't they? Maybe we'll just go to Mary's work and kick her purse. <laughs> no. See, now I would never do that because I, re- I love and respect Mary. And dude. she and she kicked my ass. Well, dude, it's, and like, and plus two, like that whole like balls in the purse. Oh, stop it with that! <laughs> Jesus, I can't even. I can't even. The I, old ball and chain. Yeah, oh God! It's like, man, you know, can I tell you something that I find revolting is when a when a man or a woman calls their partner their old man uh, or old woman. I, well, what if I they're did, old or old lady? Old, old lady. lady. What yeah. if they're old though? I knew a guy for 80 years old and you say my old lady. I knew a guy for two and a half years called his wife his old lady. Still to this day, don't know her name. Honest to God, don't know her name. If my mom. That's probably by design. Yeah. So so my my dad. (laughs) I do know her address. My dad is 73. (laughs) My mom is 70. If they started doing that, I would I would I would say, Don Debbie, no. No, well, we're not doing this. More importantly, what would happen if you were standing next to your to Mary and you said, This is my old lady, Mary. Ugh. Well, she would be like, what? Because we would both be revolted by those words right, coming out yeah. of my mouth. Yeah, she'd so, be like, what the hell? Yeah, she would think that it was me just trying to be funny. And then she would give me the tss, which is what she does whenever I say something that's not funny, but she wants to react to, like, you know, make me feel better. Oh, she that's is, what she does. she's the best. Have you met Mary? I have not had the pleasure this, or the honor. This, this is Mary in just like the the, the dummies version, Mary for dummies. Okay. Okay. So I, I don't like the fact that you're looking at me. Right. Well, no, it, that's no. Fine. Johnny, <laughs> I'll overlook it. For Johnny this. already knows the side of her. Okay. There was a day that I was wearing a t-shirt and it may have been a little young on me. Probably. You know what I mean? It was like one of those, I shouldn't have been wearing it maybe, but I thought it looked good with my arms and all this Ooh. other stuff, you know? Okay. And I had, it was a time where, this was only a handful of years ago, where people were wearing their short sleeve shirts and then they would just barely roll up just the cuff, just the one cuff. Oh, Just yeah. to what? Make it a little more snug, just to show this and little this and all that other stuff. She okay. came up. This was at Point Fest. Uh-huh. I'll never forget. She said, like, "Hey, Jeff, how's shirt? it going?" And we started talking. She literally rolled down the sleeves and went, "No, don't, do this. <laughs> don't do this. Don't how do small that. was that shirt? It I mean, was, uh, you're it was in good an, shape, but that had to be like newborn. It was an, ex- <laughs> it was an extra schmedium. That's what." <laughs> Guys, I feel guilty that I've turned the podcast right, into it. a Donnie Wine mobile. And then that, and that's not what I meant to do. I'm like I said, I'm not even in a bad mood. I'm 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 here. I'm ready to to go. I just uh, 
Whew. Well, at least you're ready to go because the Blues didn't no, seem ready to go in not. Game Two last night. That's what no. I heard. That's what that's what I had read. Would, and, and, oh no, no, no! I'm no. All I was going to say was six goals, and all of a sudden you go, "Oh well, Ville Husso is not ready for prime time, right?" I read from Kevin Weeks that he was actually pretty damn good. Yeah, look at Ville Husso. I wrote it last night on Twitter. I could do these little takeaways after every game, and it wasn't really his fault. A couple of them, yeah, could he have been out a little further? Could he have been more square to the puck? Well, yeah, but the walls are caving in around you at mm-hmm. that point, especially the second period. The Blues just got worked in the second period. Heck, I think there was 14 minutes into the period before they got their first shot on net, Man. and they gave up breakaway after breakaway after dangerous scoring chance. Uh, guys that were swinging away. Remember the flyby question? We asked that question a little while ago. Well, David Perron had a flyby in the second period. He went to hit a guy, and he cheated to the offensive side. The guy rolled off and went right to the net and fired at low blocker. And so was it a great performance by Vili Husso? Well, no. I mean, nobody had a great performance. But am I going to hang the loss on him? Am I ready to be like, whoa, we need another backup goalie? Look at the situation you've put this kid in. Right. You're 4 nothing against the most offensive team in your division. There's no doubt. The Colorado Avalanche... 4 nothing. you stick him in there, it becomes 8 nothing. He had no help that night either. That was brutal. Last mm-hmm. night he starts out not too bad. I, I do think that the second goal they scored, he could have been out a little further. He didn't challenge. That's the one where Vince Dunn got absolutely oh, walked. Oh, my goodness, did he? Holy yeah, cow. Yeah, he got, uh, he got undressed, redressed, and undressed again all in the same move. And yep. uh, then the, the guy went in and fired a shot to the blocker, and it snuck between – Huso's arm in his body. The eight hole, as we call it. Mm. Eight. Eight. Eight Donnie. hole. Eight. eight hole. Not A. Eight, eight hole. Eight. Eight hole. Completely different. I'll okay. explain it to you when you're older. All right. Very good. Thank the T. Anyways, right. um, <laughs> we call that the eight hole. And so, therefore, could the goalie, could he have been more square? Could he be down a little bit? Yeah, possibly. But the rest of them, guys, you know, when they scored an empty netter, so that always looks bad. It looks worse. Uh, but Billy Huso, in my opinion, he may have been a fraction of what went wrong yesterday. But he certainly was nothing more than that. All right. Well, it's another game. It's another game that the Blues don't win. And it's another game that we seem to be talking. Well, we brought him up once. Uh, Vince Dunn seems to be someone that's name continues to be brought up again and again. At what point is maybe he going to take a sit and we get Mikola up? I, I, I really I loved really... the game that, that he had played. Well, he played yesterday, too. Mikola did. Gunnarsson was out yesterday. Gunnarsson was out. Vanilla yeah. Ice Cream was out. But and then I saw Vanilla Ice Cream on Saturday. Yes. So they won. Right, right. I, I just, I, I, at what point or the other, is this, you know, I, I, is I he going to be a kid that, that, that sits? I think he looks extra bad now anytime he makes a mistake done, that is, because of the contract thing. I think further away from the contract, hold out, whatever you want to call it, not signing and not showing up right away, I think things will look a little bit better for him. But if he makes a mistake right now, everybody's going to go, oh, yeah, this is a guy that didn't want to show up. But it, I feel like or at least that's me. Anyway. But, no, you're right. But Perception. I feel like he's continuing to just do the same stuff. You know, you, you, you see guys that make mistakes and learn from the mistakes or at least are trying to be better. It seems like this... Dude, it seems like we have seen him play like the same game a bunch of different times. Yeah, yeah. He seems to be like doing a lot of watching. You know, I mean, I, I, I've noticed the stiff leg thing uh, a couple of times with him. You know, so I don't know what the hell it is. But uh, Bubba, we got it. We got to square <laughs> this thing. Games going. are counting. Yeah, man. Short season. He's been given a lot of leash here so far by Chief. I think that leash is done now. I think that uh, I think you'll see him out of the lineup for next game. I don't know. I don't have any insider information. But 
based upon the comments that I'm reading and hearing from Craig Berube talking about, you know, he's not very happy and we're going to keep this in-house still. I'm not going to air it out to all the media and all you guys, but, you know, Vince Dunn got benched for I don't even know how many shifts in the second period yesterday. Then the Blues get a power play and then he gives up a, a goal right after. So, look, things right now for Vince Dunn, to your point, Jeff, it gets it gets magnified because he was this so-called holdout. And now he comes to the start of the season, and it's not going his way. It's not. And he's not playing. Listen, the intensity level is down. The compete level is down. His awareness is down. And the execution of his passing is and his choices are poor. Like, everything he's doing is high risk right now. And... The NHL's a good league, and people prey upon high-risk maneuvers. And yesterday, there was twice, three times that he got knocked down. Puck was knocked down. He tried to pass the puck cross-ice to Braden Shen. He's the last defenseman back trying to sauce one over. Well, what do you think happened? Picked off. It got picked off, and boom, ends up in the back of the net. Another one in the first period, I've talked before about, or yeah, Vince Dunn. He's great at walking the blue line, you know, mm-hmm. moving and moving and then finding a way to get the shot through. He took one stride and then ended up on his back leg, which is never the way you want to do it. That's like a, I don't know, a half-ass move where you back leg and he tries to shoot it off his back leg. How certain can you be with that? That's the number one thing they t- coaches tell you. Don't ever shoot off your back leg. And the guy blocks the puck, goes down. That's where he twists him into a pretzel mm-hmm. and scores. And then the last one, there's no self-awareness. Yeah, I'm on the ice. And I, t- I say this all the time. You know, you got to take inventory. And what I mean by that, if you're a first-time listener, is you got to be aware of who's on the ice for the other team, who's on the ice for your team, and what the situation is clockwise. And what I mean by that is Vince Dunn's on the second power play unit. He knows my time is limited here before that guy gets out of the box. So as we've turned the puck over and I see that Kopitar – Kopitar, one of the best players for the Kings, probably the Mm -hmm. best player for the Kings, has the puck. My goalie's banging his stick, which is usually the warning that their penalty is expiring. I've got to bail. I've got to look behind me and bail as fast as I can to get back because that guy's coming out of the box. Well, it doesn't happen. He kind of tries to hold the blue line a little bit. Kopitar feeds it, threads it right through. Breakaway guy goes in. Huso makes the first save. Laying there now like a dead duck in the crease. And the guy grabs a rebound and tucks it home before anybody can get back there. So his decision-making, coupled with his intensity and execution right now, is really working against him. And I wouldn't even bench him out of anger. Wouldn't be like, well, you, you're benched because we were really up. I'd say, dude, take a breath. You need a break. Mm-hmm. You need to watch a couple of games. Because that to... guy's in there somewhere. He yeah. is. Yeah. He, you're going to need him. Yeah. You're going to need him. Okay, I, I, I've got a couple questions about this defense, but I want to go back to Dunn for a second. So, Jamie... Have you been in his position before where where where, oh, yeah. where man, it, it is just you are legitimate. And let's not a matter of effort for the kid. Obviously, no, yeah, we, we, no. I'm sure that he's out there. trying, But like where it is, you cannot formulate what is in your head and translate it to what is going on on the ice. And it can happen to anybody. And I would say this if this man was standing in here. But did anybody see Shattenkirk get walked? Holy cow. Oh, yeah. Where to where he fell down. It happens. Every now and then you get your ankles broken. I yeah. mean, like I always say, the NHL, it's a good league. It's the best league. <laughs> right. So guess what? Those guys who are playing against you are the best at what they do. Yeah. So, you know, crap happens out there. And look, I've had it happen to me. Yes, absolutely. When I was a young defenseman, I was, you know, I was high risk, high reward. I didn't even care. 
I'm like, I don't care. I'm pinching. I'm going to knock this puck out of the air. I'm going to try and sauce past this through four guys. I don't care. Well, the NHL again, gentlemen, it's a good league. Hmm. It would get knocked down and end up in the back of my net. And the one thing that I learned from that was, and Jimmy Roberts, who was the Blues assistant coach at the time, just an old gritty dude, love him to death. And uh, he said, uh, he told me flat, flat out, he goes, less is more when you're playing like crap. And I kind of said, I was like, looking, I'm like, okay. He was right. Simplify your game, man. Mm-hmm. You have a partner out there. Get the puck. And I, I, I made mental note of this, where every time I got the puck, I'd look to pass to my partner. You know what? Get him the puck. Get, get it off of your stick right now. You don't have, you don't have the magic right now, okay? So get it. Move it to your partner. As soon as they start to cover your partner, somebody else is going to be open. You, you one pass, quick pass, like a quarterback, right? You drop back your first check downfield. That's where you're going with it. That's so where just, you're going. just keep it simple. That's, keep it simple. And, and, and if there's music, nothing available, yeah. go off the wall. Advance it past the first four checker. Let your forwards do the work. Because what I tell teams I coach all the time, even NHL guys, is if you have nothing, keep advancing it down the ice. Worst case scenario, it gets down below the goal line, which is 200 feet from your net. So they're not going to score. Yeah, yeah, because if you try to pass it through the middle, like yesterday, like Vince Dunn, and you've heard me tell this story before, this this analogy. I say the middle of the ice is like a river, and the current is strong, and the current goes right to your net. And so you have to pretend that the puck is like a little piece of paper that you're trying to throw across the river. Well, if you don't make it across the river, where does that piece of paper end up? Right to your net. Right back into your net. Yeah. And so that's why I, I avoid the river. When things aren't going good for me, I avoid passing that paper over the river. I make sure I move it down the bank so that way it never has a chance to get into my net. So it's just dumb down what you're doing until you get your confidence back when you don't have any like Vince Dunn right now. Like I mean, we've always told new radio DJs in the music DJ industry to if you're screwing up or if you're struggling, do what that was and this is and real short breaks yeah. until you get your confidence mm-hmm. back. Well, and I get mean, a pass and make a pass and get your confidence well, back. Well, dude, I'll even have days like that even still now. Oh, where, yeah. You know, man, where, where you go to open the mic, you, you go to, to spit out whatever it is, and whoa, God, oh, yeah. it takes you on an adventure that you were not and, in, ready for. You and know? I would do that, too, if I wasn't flawless. It's <laughs> a good point. Well, good so, for you, yeah, man. Yeah, good for you. Good luck to both of you to get there. Yeah. I mean, you will. Just yeah. keep working at it, you guys. Um, really, yeah. honestly. <laughs> no, but what you do, uh, in order to be flawless, like our friend Jeff, right. uh, which is very hard to do. It's a quite impressive. Uh, Vince Dunn has to get that work done in practice. So you keep it simple in the games, and if you get taken out, now your confidence is in practice. So every drill that you're you're a part of, you have to mentally treat it like it's a game situation. And guys know it in practice. They're not going to be like, hey, hero, settle down. They know <laughs> you're one shift away from being in the press box or one shift away from being putting on waivers, that type of thing. So they know you get out there, practice hard. That's where you try to make some plays. Try to make those passes. Try to find your sentiment. Try to find the wingers, right? If it gets knocked down or picked off, hey, it's practice. That's what we're here for. But up the intensity level. And right now, I think for Vince Dunn, that's the biggest thing is the intensity level needs to increase and the difficulty level needs to decrease. So what do you say, what's the message to Huso, who you know starts his first game, gets a six spot put on him. First game he goes in, it's a four spot. He's at a, like a 7-1 mm, goals against yes. average right now. What He's not 19, he's 25, but what do you tell him? Uh, pretty simple. Get ready for your next start. That's it. You know, look at uh, the, you got to be like a re- a reliever in baseball. You got to let that go. You got to park when it. you're not parking every the sing- moment, or parking when you're not playing every single day. The moment you leave that rink after the game, you've got to get rid of that. 
Okay. You've got to get rid of that emotion that you're feeling. Now, in today's game, like we used to just get rid of it, get rid of it because there was no video. You know, didn't have maybe once every so often you'd have a video. Video is a huge part of it. So for these guys today, it's probably a little more challenging. But that being said, you have to know that you leave it at the rink when you go home. And the next day, you're blessed with all this information that can help you get better. And that's the way you have to look at it. The guys that I coach all the time, I say this information is not punishment. This information here is a fountain of knowledge for you to get better. And so if you look at it that way, even your mistakes, if you look at it that way, you realize, okay, wow, I really am lucky to be able to see this and know how I screwed up. And I'm a little bit of a psychological type coach too, where I'll always make sure that the last three, four, five clips are stuff they've done well. Mm. Even if it's from games past where I'm like, look at, this is the player you are. Look at what you can do. Look at that exact same play. You make that play. And the guy leaves the video session feeling like he's not some bag of poop. You know, yeah. he, he leaves there going, you know what? All right, I can't wait to get on the ice because I feel pretty good about myself. Right yeah, now. he just showed me I can do yes. the things he's telling me to do. Yes. Hey, man, post-COVID, we've got to go watch him coach. I want to watch him coach. I'm fast. Dude, the things and way, the ways that he breaks these things down, it makes it makes me forget how big of a pain in the ass that he yeah, is. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> I never. That's the thing, though. I always remember you that. You do remember that. Yeah. But you, it's just so Jeff fascinating it, yeah. listening to him talk about the, the, the mental side of this, too, and then making sure that, that you keep top of mind, hey, I want to make sure that when the player is leaving, mm-hmm. that there's positives that they're leaving on, that they're not just getting kicked in the butt every single time. Not, right. I mean, sometimes I'm sure that's that's needed there's a time and a place for it right so usually I, I call it like red card yellow card just like soccer so right now if i'm the coach vince dunn gets a yellow card mm-hmm. and what that means is you he gets a talk into the video maybe a little positive reinforcement let's get after it if nothing changes or i don't notice the effort in practice or after practice or in the video room and all that the next meeting's a red card that one ain't pretty that Which, one okay, so what does that mean? What's that means, the red card meeting? Well, it basically, you go in there and you're, you're brutally honest. You're brutally honest. And what you do is, and you handpick, right? Because the coach has the ability to do this. Now I can go handpick your worst plays mm. on video. Mm. And now we can highlight your worst plays. There's not going to be the positive reinforcement. What right. I'm going to tell you is we tried that route, and I don't know what's going on. This this is your last lifeline. This is your phone a friend is to mm. leave this meeting and change because all of these things, and I play the video, they're not working, and you're not working here right now. And then I'd say I'd flat out tell them, I've got two or three other guys that are dying to take your spot. That would help me move your equipment out of your locker. Where are we at on uh, Bortuzzo? Do we know yet? Is it too soon to even be concerned or <laughs> I, thinking about talking about any of that? Give me his number. I'll text him. What they're not obviously they're not divulging anything on it. One could assume that the way that hit happened, it would be a shoulder or possible concussion. Um, but I don't know. Either way, if that's the case, we're probably another five to seven days. Oh, man. Okay. I would say. I mean, if it's a shoulder, for sure. If it's concussion, well, as you, you guys know now, it's day to day. Just ask Patrick Mahomes. Right. Yeah, good point. We could have gone the whole rest of the podcast without hearing that name. Sorry, Donnie. That's okay. So I don't want to pick on Vince Dunn here. But obviously the, the defense has been something that has been um, not great in this first part of the season. Uh, can you t- – who There else? are some shining 
uh, spots, though, here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Marco Scandella. He is. Yeah, yeah, no, very much so. I think it's so funny how much I don't know about hockey. Uh, because the other <laughs> night, I tweet, or I texted Jeff and Jamie, and I said, why is Marco Scandella uh, a top-two pair defenseman every single time? Jamie said, "What do, what 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 is about him that you don't like?" So I was going to take. I was trying notes. to be nice. No, I know you were. No, dude, you were awesome. And then the remainder of the game, I think he blocked two shots. <laughs> he was like pinching it was like in. Falk on me on the home opener. Dude, I, I'm uh, yelling about him and he's scoring goals and crap. John Kelly might have said three different times how great of a game that he played. So I don't know what I'm talking about. But but break it down, man. Tell us. Give us the Scandellas who are doing their part and tell us who are some of the guys that, that need to pick it up along with Vince Dunn because we don't need to go down that road anymore. Well, first of all, Scandella, the best thing he ever did is pick number six. Yes, I agree. Finally, somebody okay. decent wearing it. Yeah. Uh, finally, somebody decent <laughs> since 99 right. wearing it. Um, now, that being said, uh, he's steady Eddie, and he's faster than people give him credit for. He's got a good two, three strides getting off the hop and getting to pucks, getting to players. He's aggressive. When he comes in along the wall, like the new NHL is not run the guy through the glass anymore. You get it periodically, but for the most part, it's you know it's solid containment. And he'll go at a guy on the wall, and he's got the stick available, and he will fire the stick on the puck and smash the body at the same time. So what that does is it loosens up the puck. It, knocks it away, but then finishes that player, taking that player out of the mix. So now Marco Scandella or another Blues player, which should be reading off it, they get the puck and they get to go the other way. He pinches at the blue line, keeps puck al- pucks alive in the offensive zone. Forwards appreciate that. This is something that nobody talks about is forwards do all that work to get the puck into the offensive zone, and they do all that work to keep it down there and cycle the puck and grind it along the wall and all this stuff, Right. The biggest pet peeve a forward has is the D-man who backs off the blue line too soon. Because a D-man would just be like, I'm nervous, I want to play D, and they'll back off the line. The forwards did all that work, and you rewarded them with backing off the line. Right. By giving it right back yeah, to no him. No chance. So now you know? we got now we got to skate out to the blue line, touch up, come back, or our shift's over or our now. Shift's Thanks over. a lot, jerk so, face. As a coach, Donnie, you'll love this. As a coach, I tell my forwards all the time, you want my D to pinch, you want them down the wall, guess what? You've got to have the F3. If you're in your spot, I can guarantee you my defenseman will be down that wall keeping the puck in every time. If you guys get lazy and you don't do that, I'm telling them to get out of there. So at the end of the day, you guys control how much the D can pinch. And Marco Scandella does a great job of reading that, though, too. There's still a read and react to it, almost like a quarterback in the NFL. If you see a play that's available, if it's less than 50% to make that play, you probably shouldn't you know, pass the football for hockey, if it's a 50-50 puck, that's a tough call for D to pinch. I like the odds to be a little more 60-40 and above. Uh, but nonetheless, Marco Scandell is reading it really well, and he's doing that. He's blocking shots. He's He's been an exceptional partner for Justin Falk, who, again, he's another guy. He's playing really well right yeah, now. Yeah, he really he's is. He's logging some minutes. He's yeah. a lot more in the offensive zone, like deeper in the offensive yeah, but zone. But you know why, I've Jeff? Noticed. Because Marco Scandella is his partner. Uh, it allows him to do that. he's got the blue that. line. He understands it. You know, he's back there. He's And the forwards that have been out there with them for the most part have done a good job of backing him up and, and being that layer of defense as well. Can I throw one in here real quick? Yeah, of course. I think I kind of know. I the said dr- that once and ended I, up with a <laughs> kid. Hey. I, I think I kind of know potentially what you're going to say here. Uh, Tori Krug so far. I'm, uh, I'm okay with mm-hmm. it. I'm not overwhelmed as far as uh, he's been amazing, but I'm not underwhelmed to where I think, oh, boy, this is going to be tough. No, he he's a great player. I think he's still getting used to a lot of it. 
I think the biggest part that's hard for Tory Krug is he's being matched up against some top lines out there. And right now the Blues don't have the benefit of playing him against weaker lines. They have to play him and Colton Pareko against either first or second line players for the other team. And so he becomes a somewhat shut down defenseman, which is really not, you know, why you signed him. It's not his strength. Okay. Sure. Can he play that way? Yeah. Absolutely. He's done it for years in Boston, but he's also had the, the ability to have Zidane Chara playing with Charlie okay. McAvoy on another pairing or mm. Brandon Carlo play. Like, you know what I mean? Like yes. he's had some guys that can pick up the slack defensively and the blues are getting there. Okay. But I would love to see a, a point to where chief is able to get him and Pareko away from the top lines, you know, like the next game I would predict you see Mikula and Gunnarsson in the lineup. If that's the case, then maybe those guys get an opportunity to shut a line down. And then maybe Krug and Pareko get the third and fourth line guys. Uh, you know, but I, listen, I'm not unhappy. He's got one power play goal. The Blues only have one power play goal. Right. So I think that goes hand in hand, not meaning it's his fault, but the power play as a whole hasn't generated a whole lot of offense, which means he's probably not seeing a lot of points off of the power play. Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, I, I'm uh, I'm not willing to grade it as of yet. Sure. I, I'm not unhappy. I like his attitude. I like his involvement. He's physical. He plays gritty. The guys seem to really like him as a teammate. So um, I'm a wait and see. He he reminds me of this kid that I, I grew up with. Um, his, Krug or Jamie? Uh, no, no, uh, Krug. Krug, okay. Uh, just this kid, Rich Eichelberger, <laughs> and he was a great guy. All right, and he gave me trouble all the time. He busted my balls a lot. Uh-huh. But, man, if anybody looked at me cross-eyed... He would not play that. It was not. He would stand up for me. Was he, Krug, fancy, was he fancy for you or what's going no, on? No, 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 no. He was just a good dude. No, he just, just, a good he just liked okay. to give me trouble, man. Okay. And Crew just has that look about him. Like, like, I, like you're my homie and, and I'm going to give you trouble. But if anybody else tries to give you trouble, I'm going to stomp yeah. him on the face. Like, yeah. I, I, I kind of get that vibe from well, he him. He comes from a on. Bruins team that was very much like that for a decade. Yeah. Right? right? Mm. Like, they had Lucic forever. They've had some really gritty guys. Nathan Horton was there. Um, Zidane Ochara on the back end and Kevin Miller on the back end, uh, Adam McQuaid on the back. They had some guys that it was no nonsense. When you when you played the Bruins, it was five guys in every scrum. Right. And so Krug brings that here to St. Louis. And it's not that the Blues don't have that or that guys are unable, but as a whole right now, that's not part of their identity, right? Their identity is that they haven't really had a fighter in a couple of years and and that they play a good, solid checking game. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the identity is a little different. So it's nice to have that little bit of sandpaper on the back end that's not afraid to parade around the ice with your liver on the end of his stick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know uh, a podcast or two, at least myself, was uh, very concerned about Ryan O'Reilly, our captain. Um, or your thoughts for uh, the, the two games over the weekend? Uh, he's fine. Yeah. What, I, what do we expect, guys? I mean, he literally. Uh, you, have to, you don't have to talk down to me. I was just asking. No, no, I'm not. And this is Jeff, not me. I'm, I'm a little more <laughs> aggravated that maybe other podcasts are suggesting it because the guy, all that's missing is for him to wear a cape. Well, and that's the thing. And my my whole point is, and I'm one of the guys that that was guilty of this. What last week was? Hey, he's our captain. Shouldn't he be filling the net with pucks? What's going on here? But I thought he had a had a good game on Saturday, and what I saw yesterday. He's he's doing everything he can, right? He scored his first goal, mm-hmm. um, which is great. Good to break break the goose egg. 
but he plays like every situation. Guys, if you if you pay attention to even the dumbest things, like there'll be a defensive faceoff, and he'll be out there with, let's say, Sanford and somebody else on the right wing. And then he'll take the face off, and once they get possession of the puck, he's off the ice, and the other centerman comes on. Well, he's so, he, you're relying on him for the face off. Every penalty, he's out there killing the penalty right away. Every overtime, anytime you need a goal, every power play, regular shift, you're double shifting and triple shifting him last night trying to get your team back in the game. Uh, the last guy I'm worried about on that Blues team is Ryan O'Reilly. What I'm more pissed off at is that other guys haven't pulled their weight enough yet to take some of the workload off of his shoulders. That's ultimately what's going on. I don't know the exact quote from, from Coach Berube last night, but it was something along the lines of something we heard last week. Uh, not enough guys completely buying in, playing hard, blah, blah, blah. He said uh, attitude. I mean, so, listen, I know that a lot of this is the team still settling in and, and getting used to each other, and that's a big deal. I know that. But when you hear Coach say that for the second time in a week, that's alarming. And what does it take to get the friggin' guys with the get get the fire going under their ass? Like, what is it going to take to to kind of move this thing up to the next level? Because guys, we haven't seen the, the near the best Blues even close at this point. No, you're right. Like and even close. So I go back two years ago in the Stanley Cup season. Yeah. And things were really bad, bad for a while. And the number one thing that Alex Petrangelo, Alex Steen, the leadership group talked about after that, and still to this day, we'll talk to anybody about it, is the amount of difficult conversations that had to happen. Sure. And so I think that today's a day where there needs to be a team meeting and the difficult discussions need to happen where players who are not thrilled with other players, you air it out. You don't, you know, you don't dog on somebody, but as a leadership group, it's time to identify where we need to be talking to guys here and bringing it to their attention that it ain't good enough. Okay. So like, I mean, so like, dude, what are you saying? So are you saying like, whomever last night you could have X, Y, and Z and you didn't, why didn't like, is it like that sort of thing? No, you don't. It's not so much like that. It'd be more of a. If I'm Ryan O'Reilly, I'm Braden Shen, okay. let's just say, okay? Because Ryan O'Reilly is too much of a good person. I could never be him. So I'll be <laughs> Braden Shen, and no offense to Shenner. Um, I love you, buddy. I'm still waiting for that wine you owe me. But anyways, uh, you, st- you step up in the team meeting and say, hey, look, okay, I understand. I haven't been great either, but, you know, so-and-so. Like your attitude sucks right now, and it starts in practice. You're easy to practice against, and you're not paying attention, and you're you're skipping the workouts. You're doing it like, yeah, you air it out, man. Got it. Okay. Wow, you really? air it out. Already? And then man. usually you have these these talks before practice, and the idea of it is then practice is sizzling mm-hmm. out there. And not that you end up with a Bortuzzo Sanford situation, but, which, by the way, seemed to idea. work out just yeah. fine. Not just a bad saying. idea. Not, not Bortuzzo right now, though. Punch uh, somebody else. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but – the intensity of practice does get up there. And when things happen in practice, if the coaches don't address it, you address it. Hey, this is exactly what I'm talking about right there. You know, what the hell are you doing? I'm wide open. What are you doing? Like, getting guys' faces, man. So is the idea, and this goes without any sport, is the idea of a players-only meeting 
made to be a bigger deal than it really is? And do those types of things happen way more often during a season that you because this seems to like what you're saying is like a players only type of meeting. And normally when you have that, it's just this big, huge deal. But it seems like maybe it's something that's very routine and happens multiple times yeah, throughout the course I, of a year. I'm taking this to baseball. I remember somebody asked a Cardinal this. It was either last year or year before. And they said that we as fans, no matter the sport, we think players only meeting is it's a handful of guys in a meeting room with a white, you know, a whiteboard or a chalkboard and, you know, all this. A player's only meeting can be three guys just bitching and moaning to each other for a positive read. You know what I'm saying? It's like it doesn't have to be a formal, sure. hey, we're going to have, you know, uh, everybody bagels in. and orange juice. No, it's like seven or eight guys that just start talking around going, what do we need to do? That can be a player's only meeting, too. It can be. Um, but I think what people allude to the most, and this is the way I've experienced it, is you you put it on the board or nowadays you would send out a text, a group text. Everybody in the locker room, 10 a.m. tomorrow, players meeting. So everybody knows they better be in the locker room. And then the captain gets up, closes the doors, tells the trainers to beat it. He's already notified the coaches, don't come in, we're having a meeting. And the reason you do this is it's not an ego thing now, right? Because when the coach is there, it's like having the teacher there or yeah. the parents are, or a crowd when you get tore down in front of somebody, it's always worse and you want to fight back and you don't because your ego gets the best of you. When it's just the players and you're all in this big pile of dog crap together, then it's easier to accept responsibility for what's going on. Now, those can happen once a year, maybe twice. Anything more, it's ineffective. Anything more, it's ineffective because uh, here we go again, another God. players meeting or – so-and-so's panicking. You cannot have that that sense of panic amongst the boys. Oh, boy, another player's meeting. God, mm-hmm. I, hope they, I hope nobody screams at me. I hope I – but no. So you have these meetings, and usually the first one um, would be somewhat gentle because of the situation, and it is unique, and I know people are tired of hearing about no training camp and no preseason. But that's a big deal. It is, but nobody cares. Right. Nobody cares because guess what? The – Vegas Golden Knights are five and one right now, and they had to do the same thing. Right, yeah. And they started the season with like five defensemen. So you know what? Like, just go cry to somebody else, basically. Sure. But yeah, you make this a stern meeting, but you make sure you don't have frequent meetings like that. Now, Jeff, to your point, you can have a lot more small meetings, like a line gets together, a D pairing get together, uh, you know, the goalies get together, and you have all these little meetings that go on consistently. And, yeah, there's no bagels and cream Does cheese. Does that create and... clicks, though, or no? No, not at all. Okay, good. No, not at all, because that's your line. If you guys aren't clicking together, what's the point of having another guy in there that's not on your line? All they're going to do is offer their opinion, which sometimes slows down the process. So you eliminate that outside voice. So we're a th- we're three forwards. We're on the same line. We're going to have our players-only yeah. meeting, and everybody else isn't going to be like, players-only. Oh, you just cool get together. You go stand together after practice on the ice or whatever or grab the coach. Steve Ott and be like, hey, look, you know, I feel like we're just not getting it done, blah, blah, blah. Can we get in the video room? And your line gets up, and you go through that line shifts for the last game and a half, and which is easy. They're all marked. So you just go in there and click, 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 and you watch it and go through it. You have to. Mm. I mean, that's how lines become, you know, things where there's lots of chemistry. It's not a clicky thing. A clicky thing would be that if you had one guy from three different lines together, and they're starting to talk crap about other players or how they're unhappy with their line mates. Now that's clicky. That's now that's clicky. a problem. Yeah. 
Wow. Man, oh, man. That's when you punch them in the mouth. every time. <laughs> and then you punch them in the mouth. Boy, this and is... And go in the Stanley Cup. Yeah, this is going to be a big week. We're going to... I mean, but 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 really, okay, but in S, but How about the next game they play, Donnie? Uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, do you know who they play? Vegas. Yeah. Who plays for Vegas? Oh, oh, Reeves, that's right. Yeah, and another guy with a seven in his number. Mm, oh, uh, yeah. I always forgot about Reeves. I love that dude so dude, much, too, man. Ugh. Like, it's so much easier when a player goes somewhere else, and obviously, and you don't like him, or you didn't have that much of an attachment to him when they were here. Yeah. But that guy, like, not only did, is he a player that I love, but he seems like a great human being on top of that. He's a good dude, and this really sucks this year because with Revo and with Petra, I know we were joking earlier, like, you know, who, who else? Right, right, who? But with the obvious thing being Petro, I love Petro. Love Revo, but now they're in your division. Yeah. Like before, they're in your conference, and hey, guess what? If we meet them in the conference final, it's on, right? But now you play these guys eight times in the regular season. Now, almost certainly, your road to the Stanley Cup goes through these guys in some shape or form. And that's tough, man. It's tough. And Revo, like, who the hell wants to play against him no. on a regular basis? Mm-hmm. He I runs know. around like a scud missile, and who do the Blues have to answer that? I, while you were talking, I was like, if he drops or if somebody needs to drop gloves, well, who's going to do that? First of all, nobody. Clifford would be the guy that would step up. Um, it would be because he has to. And it's it's not a matchup that he would desire. But sometimes you go into fights knowing you're going to get your ass kicked, but you go anyway. So my dad used to say, courage, true sign of courage is a guy that knows it's going to hurt, but goes anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, okay, fine. But. You know, beyond that, you know, you have to look at the damage he's going to do to your team, just physically, just body checking, not even dirty. Revo doesn't really play a dirty game. Uh-uh. And then you have to look again at the motivation that, you know, Alex Petrangelo might have. You don't think he's got a little chip on his shoulder, even though it appeared that at the end everybody made nice and, no, well, you went on your way. We signed Tory Krug. Yeah. No chance. Doug Armstrong sitting up there hoping that he has an awful game against the Blues and even though he won't say it, and maybe it's not true, have an awful game, but he sure like to see him lose more than win, right? Yeah, sure. And yeah. Petro's the same thing. He, do you think he wants to lose to the team that let him walk? No. I mean, it's natural. It's just like anything else. If you have a job, you left one job to go to another, you want to do, do better than that company you just came from. Well, the thing is, is that Petro is too much of a classy guy to say anything like that openly. But well, you it, know as a competitor in his head and 100%. in his heart, he's like, oh, I want to win every goddamn game. And then all also, too, as you were talking about Reeves, I just realized that potentially by the end of this season, I'm not going to like him anymore, and I don't like that because I got a feeling that he is just going to be an absolutely massive pain in our ass playing him eight flipping times over the course eight of the times. rest of the year. Starts tomorrow night. It's going to be interesting. The Blues have, what, 14 games in the next, what, 24 days or something like Some, that? I mean, could, stupid. Cause 14 it's two, games in 20 days? It's I don't two, know. It's Tuesday, Thursday against Vegas, and then Saturday, Sunday against the Ducks. So yeah. they got the, the back-to-back there as well. I'm just going to say that if Reeves was still with the Blues and they won the Stanley Cup, how much fun would that have been? Oh, I, I mean, I'm just saying Hull would have gone, damn, that dude's party. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, I don't but know. I don't even know if he's a drinker or not, Reeves. I'm just saying he looks like a guy that would have sell-up Brayton. Let, let me tell you something, though. Of all of those players that, that we saw party, who looks like they got cheated? No. <laughs> <Under> the party? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All of those dudes look like they did it and did it very it was, well. It was Sanford that threw up in his vehicle during the parade, right? He threw up on the dude in front of him. Yes. Okay. And I told the kid after that, we saw him, you know, 
couple weeks later or a month later when he, he started coming back to town to skate. I'm like, I saw the video. He's like, yeah. He's like, I tried to hold it in. I'm like, why? Yeah, this I go, is this time. is what you should have done. I said, you should have stood up and puked right out of the vehicle yeah. on the parade route, had a fan throw you another beer or a shot, and chugged it right away. Yeah. I said, you would have been a legend. Dude, that, you, you could have opened your own series of sports bars dude, and been a millionaire. Those, were, name, a whole those were moments I was made for. My, <laughs> my daughter, who's 21, and everybody her age that watches the Blues, and she is a fan. She's not like, oh, Vince Dunn is cute. Yeah. She's a fan. Yeah, he is kind of cute. But he is. But every time she sees Sam, oh, that's the guy that threw up on the prayer. <laughs> threw up on the old guy driving his car. That's his legacy right now. God. It's up to you to change it, Mr. Sanford. Well, lots and lots of Blues hockey this week, as we said. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, please uh, make sure you're listening to the Last Minute Blues podcast, sharing it with your friends, and we're, we'll drop another new episode on Thursday. As always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.